Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. We always end up talking about some version of planning or how that's impacting us. This year's a little unique, right? I feel like there's the recessionary headwinds. I feel like a lot of companies, you're seeing a lot of layoffs in tech, which is also something interesting, top of mind, and how you think about planning, how you think about forecasting, how you think about readjusting plans. There's so much meat there we can dive into. Taj, you brought up IMBOs. I'm curious. I'm new to whatever that is, so please explain that to me. Oh, it's it's just an OKR. Old-timey. We have OKRs yeah. that are supposed to cascade down. And we also have MBOs that are just for personal. Like, what are you going to do for yourself? What are you going to do mm. that benefits you and the company? I really don't like the name what it stands for, management by objective. I'm of the philosophy that you cannot manage people. That's not how it works. You can manage resources and people are not resources. People are people. You can lead people, you can direct people, you can follow people, you can influence. You can't manage unless you're a prison guard. Maybe individual goal setting, right? And that's what it is in spirit, in spirit. But you know, words do matter. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like you could approach the words and the acronyms by even having it there might influence the way that the team and leadership team thinks about them as well. Like yeah. what you're saying, the words matter. I think that goes a long way. David had this word that was interesting that stuck out to me. Your plans for the year, what objectives, all this kind of stuff that the team, the company is focused on, but also individually, what you're focused on and your personal growth. I want to understand, David, how y'all are doing that annual planning today and how you're thinking about this. Does that happen on the personal and company and team level all at once? What is the sequence? Give me like a high level overview of it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of been going on at all levels, but with some, I'd say, rough guidelines from the company level. Like, so, of course, everyone is planning what their year is going to look like, but keeping in mind the company's overall objectives. And then from the company, of course, it's cascading down to the team and down to the group. Does right the company now. usually have it complete before the year starts, or is it you finalize it in the beginning of the year? You know what? I don't remember if they had it. I think they did complete it probably the beginning of the year. Yeah, I was out mm. all during the whole holiday period. So I think they had it early January. What are the outputs? Yeah, what is the expectation set for the team after you all receive that company goals and objectives? The group level is currently refining their OKRs. I think we're just about done now, but we're still working through on what this means for each team and what's realistic and and what's not. Look at what's most logical and what's most ideal and say, okay, this is what we should strive for this year. Every team in this group should work towards this. But if you're not the one at the level of doing the nitty gritty of working every day with the engineers, you can't really tell what's relevant or not. So I think we're at that point where the group has released some OKRs and now it's sort of being internally across the different teams that, okay, this doesn't apply to us. It applies more to that team and this is what applies to us. So we are at the point where we're going to come together. I think we're actually planning a workshop for that where we'll bring leaders from each team in and just go through what do these OKRs mean for your team. So it's more of a, these are the higher level OKRs. Now all the different teams reporting up to that, go discuss and then we'll come back together and see if this makes sense or not. And if not, then we'll decide on, okay, what should we adjust it to? Yeah, I personally think there's merit in 
the group level defining the OKRs, but they are loose. They are not like set in stone. And then saying, hey, this is what we are thinking. Can you guys go through and let us know what it means to you? And then we come together as opposed to a more chaotic approach where everyone just, you know, goes and does what they want. So you have this cascade where you have the leadership team setting the annual OKRs. Then you have the group setting their OKRs. Do you all set that annually or is that quarterly? At the moment, it's halfly. Halfly, okay. So yeah, yeah, every six months. Bi-quarterly, bi-quarterly, every six months. All right. Then you communicate that to your individual teams. And then are those the only OKRs those teams are working towards or do they come up with their own team OKRs? Like, is it fully cascaded all the way down? I think the OKRs at the moment are going to stop on the group level. But then how each team will implement that is up to them. I think each team can set their own OKRs. I will probably just favor having objectives and maybe not necessarily key results. That we know what the group OKRs are. Okay, how do we contribute to that? What can we do? And those are our objectives. I think having each team, you could easily get to like analysis paralysis type situation mm-hmm. where you're trying to create, okay, I have to have three key results. I have three objectives. And you right. could easily spend the first two months of the year just back and forth. Do this match up to the one level above? Do they not? And then every team reviews it. There's cross-review. And then you see other teams' OKRs. Oh, mine, we should change to this since this is dependent on that team. You could easily get to a situation where you just get crippled and you just spend so much time doing all that planning and not focusing on the actual work. Did you have these from the last year? Or is this your first time going through the cycle with this company? Last year, I think we were still doing it quarterly at the start of the year. And then mid-year, we decided that, okay, quarterly is not working because we're spending too much time. Okay, so we spent the first month pretty much reviewing last year's OKRs. Where did we land? And then let's create new OKRs. And then before you know it, half of the quarter is over. And then things might change during the uh, during the quarter. And suddenly, this OKR is not relevant anymore. I think we, we encountered things like that last year a lot. This OKR is not relevant anymore. This is what we need to work towards. We need to pivot real fast. So mid-year was when I think it was sort of a trial approach. That, okay, we're going to go for just half the year now and not quarterly. So you said if the OKR is not relevant, you drop it. Does that mean that they just sort of erode? If the world shifts, do they fall away or do new ones? Yeah, pretty much. You create new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty Oh, did we even create new ones? We did not. No, we did not because we spent so much time creating the first set. So when things changed, no one was even thinking of OKRs. We're, in, we're just thinking, okay, this is what we got to do. Our roadmap needs to change. How does this fit in? How do we prioritize? OKRs were the last thing on my mind. And they weren't really enforced. I don't think there was an OKR review that, okay, how did we do towards our OKRs? I don't think, I think everyone was more focused on, okay, we got to deliver these things that we plan to deliver by the end of the year. That was what the focus was on, that can we deliver. Personally, think OKRs are great for a growing company, like a company that maybe you have a clear objective that, okay, I want to grow my consumer base by 50%, or I want to increase new installs or increase user engagement. And the company just says that and let every squad now is at the OKRs go figure out how you can do this. I think it's great when there are not so many teams and everybody's working towards the same goal. But when the company starts getting bigger and there's a lot more cross dependencies, then I think it starts to get complicated. The experience that you had with these OKRs worked well at a certain size. And then when you started to scale and have new problems, the same way that you implemented that framework wasn't working as well as it did in the past. Right. 
and some of those challenges, it sounds like. It sounds like to me, David, you correct me if I'm wrong, that it's more project focused than more strategic, right? Like what can you get done within this time period versus what are you actually driving? What value is it? Is it like less strategic there? Is that kind of the sense? We had major initiatives that we wanted to deliver. You probably know about the partnership that we signed with Walmart to build the rewards platform. It was a sprint to a finish, and there was a lot of reassessment during the year that, okay, what do we need to hit this day? A lot of new challenges came up. At that point, some of the things that we had on our roadmap earlier on became deprecated because they just were not leading to that. Dropping that item is better than completing it when you know it's a goner. Exactly. Now it sounds like you're at this phase. I'm assuming that end date, this partnership, this sprint to a finish is complete, or is it still in motion? So there are milestones. So we've hit several of them, but there's a next milestone. When you have mobile teams like this, Taj, I know you work at a larger, much larger corporation. The product management is a little different, right? Because it's more centered on services, but I would assume there's maybe similar challenges, right? Where Maybe you're working at a large organization with a lot of dependencies. Have you ever seen like all of those teams working to hit milestones like this for a partnership? Because I know you've gone through an acquisition recently, right? It's still pending. Right. It's, it's in it phase two, something or other in Europe, <laughs> sure. antitrust investing. So we do have product management for products in the R&D side of things. I'm just less familiar. In services wing, if those OKRs on my team are from a cascade going all the way up, I don't see immediately available evidence of it. So there might be a way to find out, but the fact that I looked and it didn't see tells me nobody knows how it all rolls up. And that's only because I thought, oh, I wonder whatever happened to those OKRs. I think we did that a year ago. Let me look. And they all made sense for my team. It was about revenue and certain activities we wanted to target that we believe were strongly correlated with better revenues. They all made sense. We didn't hit all of them. If you follow the old school Google implementation of OKRs, somewhere between 0.5 and 0.7 is good. A 1.0, you know, 100% of your OKR indicates you probably sandbagged or didn't aim high enough. But when I look at those, I don't, I don't know how they connect to anything other than what we're doing within my group. Revenue makes sense, but I mean, how much is the right amount? I don't know. That's not a discussion I'm a part of. I just hear we have some percentage. Oh, and the percentage is different this time. The fact that these targets are round numbers tells you they're not calculated. They're made up. The thing that I find helpful with it is the direction to head where we want to go. What I like about it is providing the creative constraints. I mean, in theory, that should be embedded in your topology, but providing those creative constraints in addition to your topology, I think can really make some magic if it's done right. And with specific values, I don't know if that's necessarily providing the right level of constraint. If you have a direction of like, hey, we want to geopically expand. Great. If it's like, we want to geographically expand by this percentage and this, it's like, you're kind of removing a lot of the creativity from the team. I think you could argue otherwise, I guess, but I do like to at least say, oh, that's the direction. Great. Okay. We'll go in this direction. The other challenge I find, and David, I wonder, and Taj, if you have this challenge with your teams are how that strategy is implemented on the topology. Are you given a user and a need to go solve? Are you given a business line? Are you given a unit? Like what is the thing that gives you the other constraints to make better decisions? So you ideally pair the two and can really have the tools that you need to inform the work. Is that very clear for each of you? Like you just say like, David, you own this 
user and their needs or this product line or is it this technology? Oh, for me, it's a bit of a unique situation. We are a platform team. Our customers are the other teams that use our APIs and interfaces and all that. Our area is pretty clear. What we are trying to achieve is also pretty clear, I'd say. Like we know where we fit in and what we need to do. Most of the time we have to start, we have to complete our work before other people can build on it. It's pretty clear to us, although that doesn't mean things don't happen that we didn't expect. Everything can shift, even with platform. I used to run platform teams, all Cloud Foundry based, and then Kubernetes happened. Ours is a little different because we're product attached services. There's a way that we're kind of like pre-sales, we're kind of like customer success tied to outcomes that these products have, but we also have our own outcomes that we have to pursue. So if we're doing you know, modernization projects, we want to be able to recommend our company's cloud solutions, but we have some fiduciary responsibility to say, actually, you should go with this other thing if it truly is the best choice. But what we're targeting, it kind of shifts with the sales focus. You know, We don't even get to talk to people that aren't already in the sales pipeline. For example, we're not going out and getting that ourselves. And we're not really directing sales so much as sales is answering the incentives given to them from higher up. And the, the service sales incentives might be different than the product sales incentives. Hopefully not too far apart. They have their own bottom lines to meet and there might be some yeah. local optima that do not benefit the other side. If you have some sort of understanding of the space that you own, platform team, right? Tosh, how would you define your team in terms of what they're focused on? Rapid portfolio modernization. I would assume with each of these focuses, you all have your own users that you're clear on or maybe not. And then the underserved needs is maybe like the unknowns a little bit in some cases, in some cases, maybe not. Do you ever get those handed to you or do you kind of do that discovery work on yourself for your users to inform the work? Is that a mix of those things? It's actually both simultaneously. Yeah. We're always handed... You know, whoever sales yeah. is talking to, they, we're handed that. Right. But who we get, they, they don't come to us with a clear scope, like we want to do exactly this. Sometimes they do. Right. And sometimes they're correct in what they want. But usually we have to have a conversation where we dig into, but what are you really trying to do? And then we help shape their goals into something a little more focused or more viable and also match it to what it is that we can do for them in a rapid way, especially because, you know, where my team ends and another team begins might be, you know, we can help you come up with a strategy really quickly, look at your whole portfolio. But when it comes to breaking down a single monolith and refactoring that into a new version that delivers the same value to your users, that's another team. So there's so many moving parts that it's just a lot of strategy discussions all the time, coupled with discovering what are you even capable of or what do you have? There's, there's a yeah. way that it's almost like a constant OKR conversation with a new group of people every few weeks. We kind of went a lot of different places with this conversation. I feel like there's still more to talk about to get to the meat of a good takeaway. Is there something that we want to leave the listeners with as we close out? There are a lot of things to read about on OKRs. I recommend Christina Woodkey's book, Radical Focus. I've read a few. That one's my favorite. It's the most pragmatic. You read it and you know what to do with your team like the next day. Radical focus, okay. I would recommend Measure What Matters by John Doerr and just not to overdo it. I would say don't get into a cycle of analysis paralysis. Just do what you think makes sense at the moment. And once you're done, just close it and make sure you come back and review it 
at the end of the quarter. Yeah, and lead with intuition a little bit more. Yeah, it's always a balance. I think use it to the sense that helps, but once it becomes more about the process versus the actual content, I think that's the signal, right? It's like, all right, it's at this point now where we're we're spending too much time figuring out what the precise measurement needs to be in the language. And we have a general idea well enough to get started and go. There's always going to be a balance of those two. I think knowing what the diminishing returns are with it is key. Some of that just comes with practice, right? Like how many cycles you go through it, what works, what doesn't, and it's going to be different for every team. And so you just kind of take that with a grain of salt. Also the level that you're at. One level's strategy is another level's tactic. There's a lot of good stuff on Pinterest pyramid model, I would go investigate that. I think Rituals of Great Teams is a good one. That's a good resource. So look that up and uh, trying to learn, see what others do there is kind of fun. Well, looks like we finished up for coffee, so go level up. This has been Product Coffee, produced and engineered by me, Kevin Gentry. Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover. And who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.